Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. A new poll from Fox News has emerged suggesting that he is dramatically improving. In fact, he sees general improvement after every indictment. It's not absolute, but he does see his polling going up. New polls from interactive polls on Twitter shows that he is currently beating Joe Biden in the general, but there's a whole bunch of different polls we'll have to break down. The data coming out from this uh, latest poll is actually fairly interesting because it shows support among black voters. In 2020, a Fox News voter analysis had Donald Trump at 8%. Now, that's a hard analysis, meaning they actually looked at support and said, that's what happened. Now they're doing a poll. Doesn't mean it's completely accurate because it's just a poll and who knows what'll happen. But according to this 2023 poll, Donald Trump is currently enjoying 20% support among black voters. And Joe Biden, who saw 91% support in 2020, now has only 61% in these polls. I see a bunch of videos of uh, videos popping up of uh, people asking black Americans if they're going to be supporting Trump. And it tends to be a little bit of a mixed bag where people are like, no way, Trump's racist. But we are seeing more and more of these videos where you've got guys being like, I'm going to be honest, I'm voting for Trump. Don't F with my dog. There's that famous video where the one guy's like pointing the gun at the camera and he's like, don't F with Trump. This is going to be interesting. The Wall Street Journal wrote an article several years ago that said, if at any point the Democrats lose 20% of the black vote, They cannot win an election. That's it. It's over. And with Donald Trump gaining this support, it seems as of right now, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen, and a lot can change in a year, a year and a few months, Donald Trump can't lose. That's assuming this one poll is correct, but there are many other polls that are coming out showing that Trump's ahead of Biden. So let me just point out, as we're looking at all of this, there's a lot of people on the right, neocons and never Trumpers saying Trump can't possibly win a general election, which makes literally no sense at all. I'm not saying Trump is going to win. I'm not saying it's a guarantee he wins. These polls, just one poll, just one poll, a thousand people scientifically extrapolated. They say, we think this may be correct. Maybe they're wrong, but it's a good showing for Trump. Now, these people are saying Trump can't win. Trump lost 2020 by 42,000 votes. Trump won 2016 by like 70 to 80,000 votes. These are narrow margins. It's based on the Electoral College, not the popular vote. If you take a look at the popular vote count, you might think, well, Trump's not going to be able to beat Joe Biden again. 
but they don't have the lockdowns. They may be trying for the lockdowns. We're hearing more and more about mandates, etc. But I think the real issue is Democrats know they are in serious trouble. So why are they indicting Trump over and over and over again? Because they're losing and they know it. Not only does this poll show that Donald Trump is dramatically improving among the black population, enough so that the Republicans might actually gain enough support from the from the black, Latino and Asian population to win, making it impossible for Democrats to win. You've got Cornell West considered a spoiler for Democrats, garnering around four percent of the vote, which knocks Biden out of the running. And then you have this story, which really makes you wonder. From Forbes, Trump co-defendant Harrison Floyd denied bond why he's still in jail. Do you know who Harrison Floyd is? Harrison Floyd is the director of Black Voices for Trump. It's really amazing. He's the only one who was remanded to custody, the only one they truly fear and don't want out on the campaign trail, and they hope they can brush this all under the rug. Man, I'm sorry. Look, I think the Republican Party, it's a bunch of uniparty, neo, uh, neocon, warmongers, etc., etc. There's a handful of them that I think are good, that I kind of like. They're more libertarian-leaning or anti-establishment. For the most part, Republicans are just, you know what, it's uh, 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 the Washington generals to the Democrats, Harlem Globetrotters. I love it when Democrats make that argument. Yeah, they have to act like they're weak when they're destroying everything where there's no accountability. We get it. We get it. This is what they're trying to do. They know that Trump is improving. They know that Joe Biden can't win without hard procedural support, a lockdown, uh, perhaps universal mail in voting. And I don't even know if Biden can win with those things because the economy is getting is is not that great. It's easy when Donald Trump is in office, you got a bad economy or you got covid lockdowns because they can blame it all on him. But now it's Joe Biden's fault. Trump's not even in office. That's an advantage. They're going after him with the indictments. And they're trying to remove his name from the ballot. We have a court filing already. I think it's out of Florida where they're saying Trump's an insurrectionist. It has begun. But they can't just lock him up. Dan Bongino said that Trump should have uh, not posted bond and then called their bluff. I agree. Call their bluff. Say, I'm not going to post. Let's 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 roll, baby. I'll go and sit in jail. And Dan Bongino said, let's make our first our first presidential uh, uh, our political prisoner a president for the first time. But they let him out and they let everyone else out because the indictments are to do, firstly, one thing, drain the resources of the Trump sphere of influence. Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, the Republicans in Georgia who supported Trump, Trump himself, Trump's other legal uh, representatives, members of his administration, Mark Meadows, John Eastman, Jeffrey Clark, drain their resources. Georgia has effectively unlimited resources as far as anyone's concerned. There are there are limits for sure. But with the federal government effectively unlimited resources being levied against the Trump sphere of influence, forcing them to pay hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to defend themselves. But there is one man that they truly fear, and that is Harrison Floyd. Yo, I watched this video and it should make your blood boil. This polite, well-mannered man who voluntarily surrendered, same as anybody else, denied bond. And the judge with a smile on her face. No, you can't leave. You're here for good. Maybe ask another judge. It's not up to me. Sorry. The one guy. Why? Because he runs black voices for Trump. Because they know if they start losing the black vote, Trump can't lose. And the polls show it. 
This is political interference and manipulation to the worst degree we have ever seen in this country. And it's getting crazy. But you know what? Let them play their dirty games because we're winning across the board. The, the creepy facade they've tried to maintain over culture is breaking down their own voter base. Good. I love it. Let you reap what you sow. Take a look at this from The Wall Street Journal, where Democrats grip on my vo- minority voters could slip in midterm elections from September 30th, 2022. This is 2022. There's a lot of questions about why the Republicans did not do better. And I think people underestimate how well Trump actually did. They heard this narrative that said Trump didn't do well enough. Okay, let me tell you. They said Trump's predictions, he didn't do so well. The Republicans were supposed to have a tsunami and they barely took control of the House. Yeah, that's probably universal mail-in voting and other procedural changes. The Democrats have maintained power of Republicans. Republicans don't understand the power of ballot chasing. It's not about convincing people to vote for you. This video right now, preaching to the choir. Perhaps you could share it. And perhaps you can say, here are some reasons to vote against Democrats. Not that I like the Republican Party, to be completely honest, but we got to get more anti-establishment figures and libertarian types to run. But I'll take it over what the Democrats are doing. War, the destruction of our country. I mean, look at what's going on in San Francisco. There's no question. No question. Maybe you can convince people, but I don't think convincing people is really what matters for the Democrats. They know they can put on the TV. People are going to watch CNN and MSNBC. They're going to hear garbled nonsense from people like Chris Christie, and they're going to be like, I'm going to vote for him. Yeah, Chris Christie. Great. Excellent performance in the lesser known GOP debates. What the Democrats know is that ballot harvesting is the is is the true way you go about this, because there's some dude sitting in his basement playing video games in a big city or in a suburb, and they're going to knock on the door every single day. And the dude's going to be like, can I help you? And I'm like, did you vote yet? And it's like, dude, I don't care. Leave. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. And it'll be another person. They'll be like, I'm sorry for bothering you. We're just, you know, we're doing out the vote. You have, a, you have your mail-in ballot, right? And they'll be like, yeah, just fill it out right now. I'll take it from you. And then, you know, there you go. And that's why you end up with all of these ballots that just Biden, nothing down ballot. Now, there are questions about what happened in 2020. I can totally respect that. Ballots were poorly with no creases. They weren't even mailed in. Where did those come from? I, I, I could totally understand that. But if Trump only lost by 42,000 votes, a lot of that doesn't matter. Let's let's operate under the assumption y'all are correct. They they fraudulently mass produced ballots and double counted them. We know there were some double counting. They caught it. Those were removed, according to a bunch of sources. There were no audits to look for other double counting. So people assume there's more not proving there more. But let's operate under the assumption. Let's just say outright. You're correct. Doesn't matter. You know why? Because as soon as the Republicans start ballot chasing, they're going to close that gap between 42,000 and zero. And Donald Trump then wins. That's it. Let them do whatever they want. If Scott Pressler ramps up his efforts, if, if the GOP embraces what he's doing with voter registration, it's over. And if we look at these trends with minorities slipping away, that's it. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. 
That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. That's it. Trump can't lose. From the Wall so so that story so from September 30th, 2022. We then had the story from November 7th, 2022. GOP gaining support among black and Latino voters, voters Wall Street Journal poll finds. It's not just a poll from one year later that Fox News finds Trump gaining support among black voters. A year ago, they found 17% said they would pick a Republican candidate over a Democrat for Congress. That is apocalyptic news. And this is why I think they are locking up Harrison Floyd. Maybe you never heard of the guy. I didn't. Not until they announced these indictments against Trump in a sphere of influence. They probably looked through these names and they said, we're going to drain the resources of his legal team, of anyone who can try and help him win legal challenges. Rudy Giuliani, 2024 comes along. They're going to be filing lawsuits, or they would have been, over election issues leading into 2024. Oh, you better believe there's going to be so many lawsuits in 2024 before the election. And the courts are going to try and pull this standing BS. But I think more and more lawyers are getting prepared for what that actually is and what it means. And thus, they're going to cite the precedent of 2020. So when they say, here's why we're filing suit, and the court then says, well, you have no standing until after the election, they'll say, wrong. The, court, the judge ordered and ruled we had to file beforehand. Boom, there it is. They'll still play dirty games. Don't get me wrong. They'll still play dirty games. But you're going to see a ton of lawsuits being filed. What happens? The arrest and prosecution of these lawyers means their money is going to be spent on other things. It's a trick. It is evil. These people are, are just, it's crazy to me. You know what, you know what, you know what, I, I'm, it's shocking. When I see like the Krasensteins, the Krasensteins I view as uh, today, I view them more abjectly evil than I did before. Before I saw them as just like, normie liberal dudes who are making arguments. And then they indicted Trump's lawyers for simply being his lawyers. And then the Krasensteins, for those that are familiar, these are prominent liberal personalities on X, formerly known as Twitter. We've had them on the show. And I thought for the most part, they were just ignorant of many of the issues. And so they, they were your typical liberal guy. Anyone who looks at the indictment of, say, Jenna Ellis or Jeffrey Clark or Mark Meadows, but I, I say Jenna Ellis outright is the, is the most egregious. Anyone who defends the criminal charges against her, evil. Sorry, there's no question in my mind anymore. Jenna Ellis is charged in the, in, the, in, the, in the case against Trump on counts one and two, RICO and solicitation of a, viol- a public officer to violate their oath of office. That's it. Literally because she was Trump's lawyer, protected legal counsel. Trump says, I want to challenge these things. Says, okay, I'll file the paperwork. 
We got her, they said. I'm like, what? She's a lawyer filing legal paperwork. And, and then let's, let's, let's advance there and say, Jeffrey Clark is even more egregious. He was, the, he was the acting assistant attorney general for the U.S. government. And he was asked by Trump in his position as a federal officer, not, not I shouldn't say officer, but a federal representative saying, uh, yeah, here's how you would file these things. Here's how I think it works. Boom. They say Rico. Anyone who defends that, they are lying to you. It's no longer about being stupid. Everyone knows that legal counsel is protected. Then we heard something interesting. We had a fresh and fit on the podcast last night. And apparently, and I'll have to look more into this, but uh, they were saying there are, there, there are notes from Trump's lawyers in the indictment against him at the federal level. That's protected communications. That's constitutionally protected legal counsel. They don't care. They're playing dirty. And the reason is they know they can't win. That's why I think they're locking up Harrison Floyd. Oh, dude, it was so brutal to hear this poor guy say, Your Honor, I, I voluntarily surrendered. I'm here. I, I don't understand for what reason I'm being denied bond. And she's just smiling, saying, well, too bad. <laughs> Off to jail with you. It's like, wow. The only guy they remanded was the black guy. Yep, because they're racist. They are evil and they are fascists. Now, I know it sounds a little bit cliche and we always get this thing where it's like, oh, don't call the Democrats fascists. There's like a meme where it's like Democrats are the real racists. Listen, Democrats have always been racist. There's no difference now. They, 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 they try they, with critical race theory. They push segregation. But let's be real. You know, the only guy they remand is the black dude. That's their line. They should be saying that about Republicans. But here it is. Democrats are the ones doing it. The guy who runs black voices for Trump, the only guy they remand. Sure. Like, I believe them. Things are getting crazy. And I think they realize Trump's boost in the polls, the indictments, Trump's playing them. They're, you know, I, Dan Bongino made that point about Trump not surrendering. I agreed. But maybe we don't see what Trump sees. And I can respect that. We're not in, we're not in that sphere. We are not sitting there with Trump's PR team and his legal team. And maybe Trump's right. Maybe he's right. I think he sat down with his lawyers and they said, listen, it'll cost you more money. It'll drain your, it's going to drain your resource, make it harder for the campaign. The best move now is surrender peacefully, get the mugshot, fundraise off of it, use what they're doing to actually boost you, counter it. And I think maybe that's Trump's strategy. Instead of resisting and fighting, treat it like a Chinese finger trap, move in, raise $7 million off that photo, which he did. People are buying these shirts. We made the Trump revenge poster using his mugshot. It is free for anyone. We do not. We made it, but we, we relinquish all ownership rights. Anyone can use it. Trump's making money. He's getting a boost in the polls. They try, but it's not working. Trump making $7 million bumps him up. They're trying to drag his resources. It's bumping him up. Here we go. Let's roll. Colin Rugg says a challenge has been filed in federal court to have Trump removed from the 2024 race under the 14th Amendment. Mark my words, they'll claim they're doing this to protect democracy. Attorney Lawrence Kaplan filed a challenge claiming Trump cannot legally be in the 2024 ballot because he engaged in an insurrection. The bottom line here is a quote, is that President Trump both engaged in an insurrection and also gave aid and comfort to other individuals who were engaging in such, such actions within the clear meaning of those terms that defined in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Kaplan said in his filing, assuming that the public record to date is accurate and we have no evidence to the contrary, Trump is no longer eligible to seek office of the president of the United States or of any other state of the union. You know, 
Tim Pool is trending right there on Twitter. You can see it. And uh, as always, I'm, some weird reason why I'm trending. It was really funny. Uh, apparently, the other day I was trending. It said Tim Pool is trending in Tim Pool. I trend so often. I have my own category on Twitter slash X. I have my own category of Tim Pool because uh, the, the real reason why that is, is because uh, the reason there's a Tim Pool category, just as an aside, is because of Timcast IRL. Someone will say something like, you know, so-and-so just said this on Tim Pool's show, which creates this umbrella of Tim Pool's show and then all of the guests we have and the things they say and the clips that go viral. So it creates a category of it. And then I'm trending it. It's kind of silly. But uh, one of the reasons that I talk about Civil War. Look, man, I don't know what's going to happen. I talk about Civil War and uh, I'm not the only one. Tucker Carlson asked Trump about it. And Trump said, you know, I've never seen passion and hatred so hot, but I just don't know. And I think it's fair. Of course, I, I cite Stephen Marsh quite a bit, though I disagree with him on a lot of political issues and my perspective on politics. He says he is a multicultural democracy guy. I'm a constitutional republic kind of guy. But I recommend his book, The Next Civil War. And he says we're in civil strife already. This is effectively the bleeding Kansas phase, which happened just before the Civil War. I can't tell you what will happen, but my friends, when they are filing to have Trump's name removed from the ballot, there's no election. If Trump's name is removed from even a single state, there's no election. That's it. There's no election. It's an interesting way to phrase it. Roseanne was sitting here with uh, Michael Malice, and she said that there wasn't going to be an election. And Michael Malice bet her there would be. So we're going to have a we're, we're preparing a show in Austin, maybe for January. Uh, or no, I think that one is about her saying there's gonna be military tribunals. Yeah, that's not happening. But she said there wouldn't be an election. So that'll be a really interesting follow up. But I asked to clarify and I said, mm, what do you mean by that? There's not gonna be an election because most people assume what that means is come November, Joe Biden comes out and says, due to the ongoing war in Ukraine and the political conflict happening in the United States, the elections are postponed. Gavel. Boom. Oh, no, there's no elections. Does it really mean that? Maybe that's what she meant. But I said, what if like Trump is removed from the ballot? Then is there an election? No, of course not. Trump is the clear front runner. We see it in all the polls. We know Trump is winning. This is the latest from IA polls. Emerson, an A minus A minus poll. Trump, 46% to Biden's 44. Trump is up by two points when these two candidates are placed head to head. But get this, when Trump is placed against Cornell West, Biden does even worse. With, with Cornell West on the ticket, Trump is up five points in the general polling. He's at 50% in the GOP. There's no point in DeSantis or anybody else even running. This is from August 25th, 26th, with a thousand registered voters. It's a decent sample size, not the biggest. It's decent. Same as the uh, African-American support for Trump. A thousand is about decent. It's not perfect. Polls tend to be wrong. It gets it gets worse for Democrats. We know that the polls have been skewing pro-Democrat by up to seven points consistently. Why they're oversampled. The one reason may be people don't answer phone calls anymore. And that Donald Trump has woken up a voter base that typically does not vote. That was in 2016. Times have changed and it's hard to track these days. But assuming the trends are correct and that polling is skewed in favor of Democrats quite a bit. Trump's going to win. Now, perhaps to overcompensate for this, we saw tremendous polling for Republicans in 2020 and 2022. And the Democrats did better than anyone realized. 
the economic trends and polling in 2020 was heavily favorable to Republicans, but not so much to Trump. And then, of course, Joe Biden ended up eking out that win by 42,000 votes in three states. They try to play this game. In 2016, they said Trump won in a landslide because the Electoral College. No, he didn't. It was like 70,000 votes. He barely won. And they were and they were pissed off. Hillary Clinton should have campaigned in Wisconsin and Michigan more so than she did. She didn't. She ignored it. They thought they couldn't lose. Trump converted these states. And now Florida apparently is no longer a swing state. It's now deep red. That's why they want to remove Trump's name from the ballot. Good luck with that in Florida. But if they do, Trump can't win. If Trump's name is removed from the ballot, he cannot win, period. No matter how many people support him. He loses a state like Florida, it's done. So what I think we'll see is Georgia, maybe Ohio and Florida. Florida being so deep red, I really doubt it'll happen. A lot of a lot of people migrated away from their uh, awful blue states into Florida. But Georgia, there's another reason why they're going after Trump in Florida. It's only a matter of time before they file their lawsuit, a civil suit, not a criminal complaint, to have Trump removed from the ballot, arguing that even the 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 indictment is enough to argue he's an insurrectionist. And it's funny because we had this we had this conversation on Timcast IRL. And we had Eric Conley say, yeah, but he wasn't convicted. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. A civil argument is not a criminal court case. You can you can sue a ham sandwich. You can file whatever you want. They will file. They are going to bombard the system with these lawsuits. And you know what? Why wouldn't a judge just agree? Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. But if Trump is removed from even a single state, we're effectively North Korea, because then it is a foregone conclusion. Democrats can't lose if their opponents can't run. That's it. So what do you think this is? Right now, there are two factions within these two parent factions in the culture war. They are numerous other factions, a cold cultural civil war. Call it whatever you want. What happens when Trump's name is removed from the ballot? There's a video going viral we'll talk about probably later where a bunch of eco activists are blocking. They barricade the road. I think it's to Burning Man. That's what the video said. And the police ram the barricade. Now, protesters are claiming that the cops ran people over. They didn't. But when the cop rams the trailer that they're using as a blockade, it does cause it to spin, hitting some of the activists who are linking arms and have their have changed on to block the road and it knocks them over. They, they seem to be mostly fine. The cop then jumps out with what appears to be a taser screaming on the ground. And then you have this woman screaming, oh, we're nonviolent. 
Oh, I love it so much. The cops finally dealing with these, these psychopaths. But you can't stop it. The ego activists, mostly nonsense, right? So what? They're blocking the road. Any one of the people who are in their cars could get up and eventually just move these people out of the way. And the cops ram the trailer because they're just not having it. But let's talk about something different. These far left extremists have already been violent in the Pacific Northwest. They've already marched around with rifles. Do we get to the point where a state highway or interstate, two lane interstate, you get in the middle of nowhere, the interstates can get a little bit small, right? Two, two lanes with a divider, of course, maybe four lanes. What happens if five guys of any political persuasion and guns block the road then? Then what? Traffic backs up for miles, ten, hundreds of miles. Tra- uh, supplies are not being delivered. What happens if they remove Trump's name from the ballot? And then when it comes to the general election, people on the right are just like in various cities saying there's no election. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, if Trump's name is removed from the ballot, they may as well not cover the election results at all. People won't even turn the TV on. I'm not saying everybody. This is the mistake people make. They assume this this means that all the red states will immediately start marching down the street, you know, with rifles. No, it means that you're going to have pockets of small towns of people being like, we don't have elections anymore. And then they're going, you, you might see exactly what we're seeing already with these eco-activists but on the other side, already with Antifa, but on the other side, Antifa shooting people in Provo, Utah, far left extremists running up to a car and shooting the driver for no reason. Civil strife. People are like, ah, no civil war. Oh, man. I just wish that so many of these people had just gotten to experience any bit of the civil strife happening in any of these other countries. Because then you'd be like, I can't believe it. I'll tell you what I saw in Egypt. And I'm not an expert on Egypt. I'm looking down from the Hilton on the streets in front of it. And groups of people start coming up this, these ramps like a highway or something. It's been a long time. And they are shooting at each other with makeshift shotgun pistols. Uh, whatever you want to call it. They had these really interesting. They made a handgun that took shotgun shells, I think 12 gauge. And they were shooting each other. In fact, one of the guys from Vice got shot in the back with, with, bird, uh, with, with bird shot. Crazy. Someone died. I remember watching them carry, carry away what I can only assume was a dead body who got, uh, that got shot. And then the revolution happened. APCs going through the streets. The military said the country is on the verge of collapse and intervened. The military then started gunning down members of the Muslim Brotherhood who protested the removal of their duly elected president. Not a civil war, a revolution, a second revolution. So maybe what's happening here doesn't result in that. But I don't know what to tell you. Look at what's going on around you. I cannot predict the future. I can only predict variables. The way I see it, I want you to imagine a loom or something like that. I watched a video of a cable being threaded. And what I see in front of me is behind us, imagine a braid, a thick rope knotted together, braided together. And in front of us is all the different strands. And each of those strands is a possibility and they are being woven together. Each one of them could be the path we take. We don't know for sure, just percentages. So when it comes to looking a year and a half down the road, it's impossible to predict with all these different pathways that emerge from different pathways. Just think of like a fractal pattern or a lightning bolt. 
But before us, the probabilities start to become clearer and clearer as we choose which road we go down. And each road we go down leads to a new branch of possibilities. I mean, it's a simple analogy, right? So I can't tell you which of the 10,000 different paths we're going to end up on. I can tell you there are only a few, you know, hundred right in front of us. For example, one thing I've talked about, the Democrats' best strategy for winning, for getting Gavin, for winning is Joe Biden suffers a medical issue on stage while rallying in California. Joe Biden says, I'm going to go to California. We're going to do a rally and we're going to talk about immigration, blah, blah, blah. Presidential election. Gavin Newsom as a surrogate. Gavin Newsom opens and says, everybody, we're going to support Joe Biden. We're going to help him win, blah, blah, blah. Bidenomics is working. Biden comes out, he's given a speech, and all of a sudden he starts to put his hand on his head, grips his chest, falls over. Gavin Newsom runs full speed. Secret Service runs out. Gavin Newsom rips off his jacket, starts yelling Secret Service. They call it in. He's given CPR to Joe Biden, saves his life. Is an extreme scenario that seems extremely unlikely. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying, you know, that gets Kamala Harris out of the way. That gets Joe Biden out of the way. Joe Biden then says Gavin Newsom's a hero. He gives a press tour. I'm not saying it'll happen. I'm saying that. That's their best case scenario. Who knows what could happen? There's a lot we can imagine. I'm just saying we are in unprecedented times. And this idea, you know, that it's funny when people are just like, ha ha, civil war. OK, I'm not saying I know for sure. Call it a cold civil war because everyone else is. And that maybe I think cold civil war is probably a stupid way to describe it because civil strife is the better way to put it. It's the academic way to put it. And it's what bleeding Kansas basically was. People are being killed over politics. Aaron Danielson shot twice in the chest by a communist. So what ends up happening as we move forward? Ha ha ha. Civil war. Small factions break off, start fighting. The, 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 the government loses confidence. We've already had autonomous zones emerge. If these trends continue, where do we go? I'll tell you what I fear. I was thinking about something over the weekend. The autonomous zones. Occupations. Occupy Wall Street was 12 years ago. What happens when far left extremists set up another Chaz, a larger one? But you know what they decide? They're going to use private property. What happens when a group of far leftists decide we are going to use this derelict property that is private and it becomes an issue of a civil action against the private owner? private owner then contacts the police and says, this lot belongs to me. I would like the police to remove these extremists. The police then say we have no uh, resources for removing these far left extremists. The owner then says, then I will hire private security. The far left extremists occupying private land results in people on the right saying, holy crap, the far left is now setting up larger and larger occupations to seize land. The police are incapable and unwilling to intervene. Many cops are resigning. Many cops are actually just saying, I don't have anything to do. with This is between you and them. The cops will just say, eh, civil. What happens when the far left pulls a Harper's Ferry? They occupy a privately run business and say it's now an occupation zone. It was one thing when they set up a corridor around city, uh, around city streets with rifles, and they even shot and killed people. That happened. It's remarkable. People are like, oh, civil war can't happen. Bro, they they occupied a section of a city and shot and killed people. And they're like, nah, that'll all go away. Sure, I guess. I don't see the off ramp. 
What happens when they do it on private land? And the cops don't intervene. Well, let's entertain a few scenarios. They're not particularly likely. There's many variables before us. Who knows what it'll be? The property owner then hires private security. Private security then goes and tries to stop the occupation. The, ocu- the occupants, armed with the rifles, threaten them and say, you have no authority here. You're not the police. You're just dudes with guns. Right wing individuals then say, we got to put a stop to these far leftists. And you get an actual shootout. When the far left occupied their own cities, no conservative groups went and cared. But what happens when it spreads to suburbs or more rural areas? That has me worried. I don't know for sure. What I can tell you is they're scared and they're desperate. Trump is going to win. That's why they're going after legal attack. Uh, uh, it's lawfare. They know they can't win the general. Tell these never Trumpers. It's look, if it were hopeless, they would not be screeching in desperation and crying bloody murder. They would not be trying to arrest. They would not be indicting. They would not be trying to get his name off the ballot. They're scared especially with Richmond, North of Richmond, Bud Light, Target, Sound of Freedom. They're losing the culture war. And so the only thing they have left is brute force. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Stories like this today might be shocking. I mean, they're shocking no matter what. But a story like this coming out today maybe has many people worried. So I want to open this segment by saying sometimes bad things happen. Crimes happen. That's why we have law enforcement. That's why we have criminal courts. Since the beginning of human history, humans have committed crimes against each other. What I'm trying to say is the story I'm about to read you may actually just be a local affair. It may be something related to a personal beef. We really don't know. But this is a story from NBC Boston about a GOP activist and lawyer being stabbed to death in his own home, discovered with a stab wound to his neck. Now, according to the story, they're saying they're questioning whether or not it was self-defense. Sure, fine, whatever. I just want to say this. While I do have that disclaimer that maybe it's this lawyer guy uh, stole money from somebody. Maybe he was having an affair in his wife. Maybe they got into a fight over a poker game. Who knows? Whenever there's a story about a right wing individual as the perpetrator The motive drops the question from every corporate media outlet. Was it extremism? Who is this crazed MAGA fanatic? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They say, here's the motive, here's the transcript, here's the manifesto. Whenever the victim is on the right, oh, well, you know, we don't know. There's always an excuse. Whenever the perpetrator is on the left, it's, we'll get to it. We're still waiting on that manifesto from the transgender individual. Typically, these things are released very quickly. But again, I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk about what's going on in this country. And we'll talk about this. And we'll talk about social breakdown. Vivek Ramaswamy says we cannot have national divorce. He is correct. We can't allow this great nation to fall. I would argue, and in my view, 
The far left extremists desperately want some kind of social disorder and breakdown, potential revolution or civil war, because all of these things lead to the end of the U.S. Constitution. And as much as my friend Michael Malice does not uh, believe it is it is meaningful as I do, uh, I do think I should elaborate on what I mean by meaningful, but that's my point. It is. It provides a legal basis and a framework by which our culture stands imperfectly nonetheless, but it does provide some protections, at least until people start to realize that the courts have no ability to enforce anything and it's all cultural. Then you will get far left extremists setting up autonomous zones. And the only question is whether or not the executive branch can and is willing to stop them. Likely isn't. We saw this with Chaz Chop. We saw this with the George Floyd autonomous zone. We saw the same thing in in Georgia. They don't care when these extremists set up these autonomous zones. Cops do nothing. Let's read this story and break down what's going on. NBC Boston reports a suspicious death investigation that was underway this week in Durham, New Hampshire, has been ruled a homicide after an autopsy was completed on the victim. The New Hampshire attorney general's office said in a statement Sunday that the medical examiner determined the death of 41 year old Alexander Talcott was caused by a stab wound to the neck. His manner of death had been ruled a homicide. A spokesperson for the attorney general's office has confirmed that Talcott was a GOP activist and lawyer. The state director of the New Hampshire, chap- New Hampshire chapter of the Republican National Lawyers Association said in a statement to NBC Boston that Talcott stood out as a staunch advocate for the core values of the Republican Party. His unwavering belief in liberty, free markets and limited government resonated deeply in his role as a lawyer. Within the RNLA, his leadership was unwavering in promoting our shared values, ensuring every member felt empowered and well-prepared, William O'Brien said of Talcott. Alex was an exceptionally skilled champion for the rule of law and the importance of fair and honest elections. We will forever honor Alex, Alex's selfless dedication and profound contributions to our shared vision of liberty through, through the legal processes. O'Brien added his legacy will undoubtedly inspire future generations within the RNLA and the greater legal community. Talcott was found dead in his Bennett home early Saturday morning. There were numerous police vehicles on the scene And the attorney general's office said at the time they were actively investigating a man's suspicious death at the resident. His name wasn't released until Sunday, at which point officials said they had identified all of the people involved in the incident and there is no known danger to the public. Investigators are continuing to look at whether or not the person who stabbed Talcott was acting in self-defense. Their name has not been released. An investigation into Talcott's death is ongoing and further information has not been shared at this time. Self-defense in someone else's home makes it hard for me to believe, but possible, entirely possible, right? Somebody comes over for a meeting because there's a a contentious circumstance over a debt and no one expects things to get out of hand. And they're arguing and talking when the fight breaks out between the two men and the guy stabs the other guy and he says he, he attacked me. I think it is unlikely to be completely honest, but I don't know exactly what happened. And I think it's entirely likely the story comes out. It's going to be that it was a debt. It was an affair. It was something stolen. It could be that uh, the two guys were angry and the dude in the house said, OK, fine, come in. And then, uh, you know, something happened. But um, if it was a fight between the two individuals that broke out between the two individuals mutually, and the other guy said it was self-defense. He was attacking me. We'll never know. The GOP lawyer is dead. I want to talk to you about where this country is going and why this story matters. First, 
The immediate assumption among most people in the political realm is that if a GOP activist and lawyer is killed, it's probably something political. And I think it's fair to say that whatever the story may be, that's likely. I'll put it this way. Two guys are angry with each other. One guy is perhaps the perhaps of the same political party. Who knows? Perhaps there's an activist who's being sued. Perhaps there's a legal meeting taking place to to stop some legal proceeding. Who knows? Politics probably does play a role to a certain degree, but I don't know. What matters is that people are going to view that story and they're going to they're going they're going to perceive it in much the same way as I expressed in the beginning. When a left wing violent extremist engages in these actions, no manifesto, no motive. Everyone's got to keep it hush hush and the story disappears. When the perpetrator is perceivably on the right, or if they can even justify in some way to claim he is, then you get all the motivations in the world and everyone asking that question. And this is where we are right now. From the Daily Mail, anti-migrant rally turns violent outside New York City Mayor Gracie's mansion. Trump supporters and counter protesters clash after 100,000 people from the southern border flood the five boroughs. This is an interesting, interesting circumstance. This is New York City. Trump supporters in New York City. Whoa. In reality, we have seen in Chicago and we have seen in New York, as well as many of these places, people, locals, whether Trump supporters or not, are furious over the massive influx of immigration uh, of, of migrants, illegal immigrants into their cities. Even the mayor is saying they can't handle it. And in many circumstances, you have these cities declaring states of emergency over it. So who are these far left extremists, quite literal terrorists who are attacking locals trying to defend this country? The political extremism is on the rise. And now we have people fighting with each other. We have the police arresting different groups. But eventually something something breaks down. Fighting ensues. People get arrested. Turns violent. I, uh, uh, I don't know what's where we're currently headed in this country. I think it is fair to say, oh, we're talking about civil war again. I said it. It's too early to drink, though, so you can't have a drink unless you're watching this video later. Civil war is possible. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Because uh, when I posted the story about the GOP lawyer being killed, many people responded with civil strife. You've been watching the videos. And that's a quote from Stephen Marsh. You can tell me I'm wrong all day, every day. Maybe I'm silly for being the only one talking about it. But boy, does it feel like we are frogs in a pot boiling. And I'm the only one saying, guys, the temperature is going up. So let's break it down. They're trying to indict the president. I'm sorry. They're trying to imprison the former president, Donald Trump and frontrunner. People are blocking roads in various points across this country, saying the world's ending. There's fires seemingly everywhere. Some people think the government's doing it on purpose. Another thinks that the world is ending because of climate change. It doesn't matter where you stand politically. That's not part of my argument. My point is, no matter what happens, there are two prevailing views on what is really happening and people fighting over it. And the fighting is getting worse. It's escalating. At this protest in New York City, you had far left extremists. Actual, look, look at this. Andy No tweets, far left serial riot arrestees, Jennifer Hansen and Atlanta terror suspect, Teresa Chen, were at the violent direct action today against the anti-migrant crisis protest in New York City. Hansen rushes into fight before being pulled away by the police. Tensions are escalating. There are far left extremists traveling around engaging in overt acts of terror. In Atlanta, they actually stormed 
a government facility under construction. They were shooting at cops. One cop got shot and they shot and killed one of these guys. Can I just can we slow down for a second there, my friends? All right, let's go back to Atlanta. Let's slow down. Atlanta. Far left extremists occupy government territory. The government is trying to set up a police training facility. The far left extremists occupy this armed with weapons. The police approach. The extremists open fire on the police, striking one of the officers. The officers return fire, killing one of the extremists. Uh, that's called a shootout between political extremists and the government. And this person walking around free because the government is becoming impotent to do anything about it. In Atlanta, innocent people had their homes destroyed. Well, I don't know who owned the homes. Two homes that were under construction were burnt to the ground. Someone in their vehicle was forced out. The vehicle was flipped over and torched. Now it's just a private individual. And these people come out and say, we're innocent victims peacefully protesting. Okay. Sure. Man, when I saw that video of like hundreds of far left extremists storming onto sealed government construction property, and they were like, we are nonviolent. It's like, bro, you just shot a cop. Provo, Utah. BLM riders run up to a vehicle as it's driving down the intersection slowly and minding its own business, and they shoot the driver. Remember that story? You've got in Texas, an armed group of individuals approach a vehicle, one guy with a rifle and AK at low ready, and the driver returns, opens fire, fearing for his life. The guy's got his hand on the, at low ready. Like, you want to walk around with a rifle? I'm, that's fine. You want to be part of a mob, a rioter, a, a, riot, a riotous mob, or a political extremist faction? Don't put your hands in a way in which you can threaten someone's life. Well, that Uber driver is going to prison. We can ignore all of these things and say, sometimes these things happen. By all means, please do so. I can't see the future. Protests happen in New York. What's the big deal, right? I just see the breakdown happening. When the police are continually being demonized, defunded, and refusing to take action, that's where things break down. Check this out. Andy No says an Antifa cameraman was taken down by police in an NYC direct action to confront people protesting the migrant crisis. Antifa photographers take photos to add to their doxing dossiers. Atlanta domestic terror suspect Teresa Shen can be seen in the video. Well, look, everyone's entitled to film and the left and the right accuse each other of doxing, but the left is lying about it. I was at a protest. Uh, Mike Cernovich was speaking at Columbia and there was a protest. I was just there filming some some young college student. This is the creepiest thing. These people are evil, abject evil, went to the police and said I was a doxer and a harasser and was filming their faces for a white supremacist doxing dossier because they were people who were going to hunt them down and kill them. And the police said, ma'am, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know what I did? I pulled out my corporate press credentials, for which I have several from past and current jobs. And I said, she's lying. Here's, here's my creds. And they said, I'm sorry about this, sir. Just don't worry about it. But see, that, could, that might work on anybody else. I'm just there of my, in my, but look what they're doing. Look what they're lying about. You see, that's what they do. In this circumstance, you have a man who's filming being pinned to the ground and arrested. What the left will do and their corporate journalist allies, they'll take photos and say the police are arresting journalists. The far left extremists will carry small cameras or their phones and then say they're journalists. So when they engage in overt acts of violence, they can claim the police are targeting journalists. Then the people who don't pay attention, the people who say, I'm not political. And with all due respect, people like Oliver Anthony, 
get this false view of what's really going on because they don't pay attention. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at Chumba Casino. No purchase necessary. BTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'll talk about Oliver Anthony coming up at four. I'm a fan. I think he's right about so much, but I do have some criticisms, uh, not so much about him, but points to be made about the general, the, the average person and what they're perceiving and what this means. I do think that's something interesting there. And uh, I don't mean any disrespect. I just mean he, like so many other normie working class people, seem to think that there's some middle ground. Yo, these people are abject evil. They will lie to you. They will mercilessly beat you. They will try to kill you. Then they will lie to the press and their allies in press will lie about what happened to trick the normies into defending them. That's what's happening. This is the breakdown. You have this and then you have this. Clown World posted this video. It's a woman throwing a large object onto the hoods of police cruisers, smashing their windows. Why? Well, you see, what happens is after people are propagandized by the lies of the far left into believing that the police are the evil perpetrators, sometimes they are. Cops are people. But you get a far left extremist physically attack someone, which happens in this video. The police then arrest one of these people. They only film the arrest and they say the cops are targeting innocent journalists. Regular people then see the videos and say the police have gone rogue, allowing social disorder and social collapse. Vivek Ramaswamy says, national divorce is not an option. That would mean we lose the U.S. Constitution itself. I'm running for president to deliver a national revival instead. I like that. I like Vivek. Far from perfect. Good reasons and good questions about whether we can trust him. But for the most part, my conversations with him, he's been quick. And I got to tell you, people, people call him the used car salesman. Sure. If he is, he's the best I've ever seen. I don't believe everything he says. That'd be stupid you know, of any politician. And his opinions have changed. That's fine. But when you have a real conversation with Vivek, he doesn't beat around the bush and he answers the questions and he addresses the critiques and the concerns. He thinks about it and he says, OK, you know, it's 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 Jordan Peterson asking away. You say, hey, man, you recently said this like last year. And he goes, yeah, you know what? Maybe I was wrong about that. What else can I say? Right. I'm learning as I'm going. And you're like, well, what can you do? Trust him or not trust him. Michael Malice responded, saying, National divorce is an inevitability and far more realistic than any semblance of constitutional rule. And y'all got me trending on Twitter for saying civil war. I'm just too famous, I guess. Okay, fine. I got a lot of followers. Thank you for watching my show and supporting my work. I really do appreciate it, but it is kind of weird because I don't even really think about that sometimes. Michael Malice uh, is saying national divorce is inevitable. I don't even know if I go that far. I'm saying I think we may be entering a civil war. Civil war may be possible because we're seeing this escalation and the temperature keeps cranking up. All I'm really saying when it comes to these stories is we are frogs in a pot and I am watching them crank the temperature up. And I'm telling you, their hand ain't going back the other direction. And there's no reason for it to. Everything is pushing this in one direction. But I still don't think national divorce is inevitable. There's so many variables before us. Donald Trump might win. I think Donald Trump has a very, 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 very strong chance of winning. Even Democrats are saying the odds are on his side. And if he does... That could lead to national divorce for sure, or it could lead to a crackdown which crushes the corrupt deep state 
intelligence agencies pushes out the cultural extremists and just shuts it down. And we get a national revival. Or maybe 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 something happens. To Trump is removed from the ballot. Vivek wins. I don't know. I have no idea. It's also possible that Joe Biden wins. Trump's name's taken off the ballot. No one believes that the election is legitimate. But th- at this point, you don't have weird questions about ballot fraud. You have overt, overt actions to remove Trump from the ballot, in which case people now say there's no question of fraud. They took Trump's name off the ballot. We didn't have an election. And then maybe, maybe then, yeah, you get a national divorce. I don't know for sure, but I can tell you that confidence is breaking. I want you to see this, this video. I may do a longer video on it, or maybe not. I talked about it in this morning's segment. Burning Man 2023, Nevada Rangers plow truck through Extinction Rebellion protests after the activists blocked a road into festival causing miles long gridlock. Well, that's it. Small handful of cultist nut jobs blocking a two lane highway. Okay. What happens? I mentioned this two years ago, three years ago. What happens? When 16, what's it? 16. Uh, let's just say anti-government, not right, not left, just anti-government. Or not even that, but uh, people with no confidence in government decide they're going to set up checkpoints. And I don't mean 16 people in one place. I mean at key routes in the Midwest, in states like maybe Nebraska, on the inter- interstate, an armed group local militia or otherwise, sets up a checkpoint. And they say, the issue is, let's say there's no election. And I don't mean that in the sense that they just canceled. I mean, I mean like Trump's name's removed from Florida or Ohio or Wisconsin. These people then say, we're not going to allow Capitol Police to organize in our state. We're not going to allow social credit scores. The government is illegitimate. And, and, and not even any beef. Maybe these guys are like, look, law enforcement isn't dealing with the riotous mobs. It's not dealing with Extinction Rebellion. What happens when these people escalate tensions by blocking roads? So local groups, local militia groups say, we're going to secure our highways. Then they create massive jams. What happens when the groups get a bit more concerned when they see mob of maskless thieves clear out shelves at L.A. Macy's as stun shoppers look on? It just keeps happening. 13 arrested as fight breaks out in South Bay Shopping Center, downtown crossing in Boston. Wow. We had uh, Nordstrom in San Francisco shut down. What happens when in these small towns, rural areas far away, towns of maybe 2000, they say law enforcement has abandoned us and they form their own local uh, police force? What happens when the actual police force is instructed? We need to make sure these roving bands do not shut down trade to our city. And then they go and start controlling the highways factionalization. What happens if a more extreme circumstance occurs and a group just outright says we are controlling these roads into and out of our state from now on? That's it. Look, I don't know. I can tell you this right now. A Republican lawyer and activist was killed in his own home. And immediately there are attempts to say, no, no, no. It may have been self-defense. We don't do that in any other political circumstance. Jesse Smollett lies and the entire media comes out and says MAGA country, racism in this country. You get the Big Bang Theory with their big group photo. And all that happened was apparently, allegedly, 
Someone threw a thin bit, bit of polyester twine around his neck or something like that and sprinkled the bleach on him. It's horrible. The real story is that he faked it. But either way, the dude wasn't dead and he was completely fine and healthy. And then a national campaign of outrage over this poor actor. A GOP lawyer was murdered in his own home and they're like, mm, uh, hold on there a minute. It may have been self-defense. That's my point. That's it. It may have been. It may have been. It may have been two guys fighting over a poker game. That's it. Hey, you, 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 you got an ace up your sleeve. You're using special glasses. He's cheating. You guys are in on it. Fight breaks out. Dude punches him. Guy grabs something in his neck. Maybe. Or Republican activist filed a lawsuit against various organizations. One of those organizations, the rep shows up to his house, bangs on the door. He says, how dare you? They start arguing and then a fight breaks out. Guy who comes to his house, stabs him in the neck and then says he was attacking me. He was attacking me. And they say, OK, maybe it's self-defense. It's a shame. I don't know if there are any cameras or if there's any evidence because, uh, oh, well, the other guy involved in the fight's no longer alive. I will stress it may have been something totally non-political. Jesse Smollett was a hoax. It may be that this is just we see the story and we're like, whoa, is it political? They didn't need to write that he's a GOP lawyer. Like when a truck driver dies or gets stabbed, do we got any national stories about that? We don't. That's my point. How many uh, truck drivers, plumbers, you know, I don't know, carpenters, tradesmen, store clerks have been killed, killed in their own home? I got to be honest, a lot of people get murdered in this country. You know, I shouldn't say a lot, but uh, like a substantial amount considers 300 and some odd million people. We don't have national headlines over that. So my warning is to be careful with these stories. But at the same time, to try to point out, compare this to Jussie Smollett. The reaction from the left when he lied and faked a hate crime was insane. Here we have a Republican lawyer and activist murdered in his own home. And it's just like, well, you know, seems like a nothing burger. Maybe. Maybe it's that attitude that keeps tensions to a minimum. But I feel like people on the right, Trump supporters, Republicans are looking at that and they're looking at, through, looking at it through their lens, saying we are under attack. And the left doesn't care at all. They don't care. There is no leftist who will come out and report on that story and say, please stop. We have to stop the violence. Yet when it goes either way, let me tell you this. If a far right extremist attacked the left, everyone on the left will cry bloody murder. And Ben Shapiro will come out and say it was wrong. Of course he would. He's a good dude. When a Republican lawyer is murdered, I and people like Ben Shapiro and many others apprised to the story will come out and say it was wrong. And of course, we're good people. The left likely won't talk about it at all. Doesn't matter to them. They'll ignore it. In these stories where the far left extremists are attacking people, violating de democratic principles, like in uh, uh, New York, where most people are saying, stop, we need help. And the mayor's like, we're going to we got to deal with these migrants. The far left comes out and beats people who oppose them. And what's going to happen? Leftist commentators will cheer them on. That's the state of this country. And so long as there's no backbone among those who believe in the Constitution and among law enforcement in many places, like where the Chaz operated, then I think we're headed in a very, very dangerous direction, which I mentioned in the first segment this morning. And that is a Chaz occupation on a large piece of private property. 
And then what? Let's say you've got a semi-rural area. It's some, let's say it's slightly outside of New York City. Um, what's, uh, what's, um, uh, what's the name of that? I don't know. I can't remember the name. <clears throat> outside. Let me, let me, let me actually check my map because I want to, I want to actually point out this area. I think it's a good area to highlight. There's an area just to the west of New York in New Jersey that is lightly uh, populated and, oh, I don't think I can find it. Lightly populated and very industrial. Where is it? It's like a little city. No, I can't find it. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, there's probably a whole bunch of examples. Anyway, a lot of corporate land, but lower income. There's a lot of people who own property there, and it's just an investment property. The business has dried up, and so it's just like an empty building. What happens in far-left extremists occupy it? And the person who owns it says, hey, guys, you can't be here. Whatever it is you're doing, this politi- you got you to you go. And they call the police, and the police say, there are 12 officers on rotation in this small town. What would you have us do? Contact the sheriff or the state. And so they do. And New Jersey says, we will not get involved in a conflict with leftist protesters because we've got an election coming up. And then the property owner is like, I've got 50 far left extremists armed with rifles creating an occupation on my land. You know, let's say it's 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 three acres of commercial property. And now it's worthless to me. And they're claiming it's theirs. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what happens? No idea. It could be that the owner is politically persuaded himself and is a conservative and says, I need help. You could maybe get private security who comes in and clashes. The police then intervene to stop the fighting. And there's a shootout happening, just like uh, we already saw in Georgia, in Atlanta, just outside of Atlanta, a shootout. Crazy. And it escalates. The shootout in Atlanta is interesting to me because, well, it's not the first one. There was the guy who went to the ICE facility in in Seattle, I think it was Tacoma, shooting and throwing firebombs. They killed him. Then you have a shootout in Atlanta. Is this not the bleeding Kansas phase pre-Civil War? I honestly don't know, because maybe something changes and it calms down. But as Phil Labonte says, what's the off-ramp? I don't see it. I completely agree. So by all means, keep up the memes. Keep me trending when I say Civil War. But uh, if you have any real criticisms of what I've been saying, by all means, tell me exactly where the off-ramp is. We can probably hypothesize as to how things cool down. Like I said, Donald Trump gets elected. Law enforcement is bolstered. And then we go and shut the shut down the criminals. And I don't see why that would cool things off, though. You can make the argument. People calm down. You can also make the argument that it justifies the far left extremists and they return with equal and opposite force. So tell me, tell me where the off ramp is. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. You know, I feel bad for Oliver Anthony. That's his stage name. His real name is Chris Lunford. I feel kind of bad for him, but uh, I don't feel bad for him more than I feel good for him. Rich Men North of Richmond is a great song. I find myself singing it 
every so often because it's just, man, he hit the nail on the head with the hammer. But now he's facing some backlash. He's wondering why it is the GOP debate asked the question about his song. He derided it a little bit. The left has accused him of being a conspiracy theorist and attacked him. And he's tried to stay out of politics because Chris, well, he's a he's a normie. That's it. Regular guy. It's a regular guy who saw some stuff, saw what was going on in the world, wrote about it and did not understand the depth of the culture war. And that's why I often talk about the small factions that are involved in the greater degree of the culture war. But those that are paying attention to politics, those that are deeply involved, understand to a greater degree. Now, of course, there are some that understand to a greater degree than others, some who are more responsible for the crisis and the conflict than others. But the average person probably just doesn't get it. I do think that there are different views on what what is happening in the world. I've heard all these arguments where the real culture war is globalism versus nationalism. I've heard other people say, well, it's, it's libertarianism versus authoritarianism. I've heard people say it's left versus right. It's communist versus fascist. Well, there are two factions and it's tribalism. The left doesn't seem to have any real hard moral stance on things other than accumulate power and wield it. And the right has become a disparate faction of people of differing views, but who are trying to be to the greater to a, uh, to a greater degree honest. Don't get me wrong. Both sides have their grifters. But this brings me to Oliver Anthony and my critique of him. And it is not a personal or professional uh, uh, statement of disrespect. In fact, uh, I feel for him. I like the guy. He's great. Not only that, uh, he's got a whole bunch of songs. He came out with that new uh, new song. I want to go. I think it's called I want to go home. And then he's got ain't got a dollar. I think it's called. Uh, he's, he's really great. It's good country folk stuff. I, I like the music. I just want to say this about who he is. And I think what a lot of people don't understand in that, what it means to be a normie. So let me break down the story as it goes so far and talk to you about where we're at. Politico.com says Fox news debate host defends playing rich men north of Richmond amid singers criticism of GOP candidates. Fox news anchor and co-host Martha, Martha McCallum defended using the conservative anthem, Rich Men North of Richmond. Whoa, 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 whoa. Politico says conservative anthem. Oliver, if at any point this video reaches you, uh, and I hope it does, I'm a big fan, and uh, I hope you understand that you are a good musician. You had that statement where you said you're just a regular guy, you're not even a good musician, but you really are. Because being a good musician is not about being able to play the craziest licks on the guitar or uh, 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 write the most intricate lyrical poems. It's about making a song that people can relate to. They understand with, I'll put it simply, there can be the greatest ice cream maker in the world. And he makes the fanciest broccoli ice cream. It's very difficult to do. Nobody wants to eat it. But you, sir, you, my friend, made a basic and delicious chocolate. That's good music. All right. But look at this. They're calling you on Politico conservative. And you may not realize it, but whatever it is you are, falls onto the right wing of the culture war spectrum. Let's break it down. We'll read more and I'll get into it. The conservative anthem, Richmond North of Richmond, is a talking point. The reason we asked eight GOP candidates after playing Richmond North of Richmond and pointing out that D.C. is not is just 100 miles north of Richmond was to say, are you on stage part of the problem that he sings about or part of the solution? McCallum wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter. He sings of people who are deeply frustrated and don't want anyone trying to control them. It would be a good way to start a Democrat or GOP debate to spark an important conversation. Correct. Uh, my friend, you wrote a song criticizing those people. 
they were asked about your criticisms. This song is resonating around the world. And here you have a debate. And they say, why are people? uh, uh, the, The question was, why is this song resonating with people so much? It was not to be interpreted as you represent exactly the counterance to the problem. No, it's you stand here as either a part of the problem or an attempt at a solution. Why do you think this song resonates with people? Oliver Anthony came out and said this song was about them. But yes, obviously it was. And they should answer for that. I would love to hear Democrats and Republicans answer to why people like that song. But we've got to break down the politics here. Fox News, Oliver Anthony thought he might die before viral rise to fame. My body was falling apart. Anthony embraces faith to being turned off by the past man-made religion. I found it interesting that he said he was having chest pains and brain fog. As an aside, he told the free press he wanted to write the song because he was worried that he wasn't going to be around. But he mentions in the interview his faith. Okay, let's start here. The left abjectly defies Christianity and opposes it. Well, you can be Christian and still align with the left cult. I saw a church in Portland that had a bunch of progress pride flags on it. So they certainly can it it can certainly transcend politics. But let's carry on a bit more. Fox News says media outlets label viral country song about the working class as right wing. Outnumbered hosts discuss massive popularity of Oliver Anthony's rich men north of Richmond. And then I want to read you to give you some context. A statement made by Oliver himself. He posted to Facebook. This will be my last post about politics on social media. I apologize for beating a dead horse, but I just need to address this quote in my video earlier since it's been misquoted, misinterpreted this evening. Corporate news, big surprise, is now trying to twist me into being a Biden supporter. Full stop. Let's start there. Criticizing the corporate press is inherently right wing, according to the corporate press. If you oppose them, you're right wing. Oliver Anthony, you may not realize this, but you are, according to them, right wing. Politico calls you conservative. They call it a right wing anthem. You are calling them the corporate news. Whether you understand it or not, as a normie who doesn't pay much attention, this is exactly what the right has been identified as. Of course, it can include people who have left left wing economic views and political views. It doesn't matter. If you call the corporate press liars and, and call it warmongers, you're right wing. For instance, Oliver, you had a quote where you said they can fund foreign wars but not feed the poor. Right. That's a right wing talking point, according to the corporate press, because the Democrats say we should all sacrifice to help the people of Ukraine. But I'll read more. He says that song has nothing to do with Joe Biden. It's a lot bigger than Joe Biden is referencing DeSantis's response to my song. He talks about needing to get Joe Biden out as if that would automatically solve all the problems. Biden is a big part of the issue, but it runs much deeper. Richmond North of Richmond is about corporate owned D.C. politicians on both sides. Here, here, I agree. Though Biden's most certain Biden's most certainly a problem. The lyrics aren't exclusively knocking Biden. It's bigger and broader than that. It's knocking the system collectively, including the corporate owned conservative politicians that were on the stage that night. Good night, everyone. Thanks again. He's correct. Now, let me slow down. I could be wrong in my assessment and assumption that Oliver Anthony is a normie who doesn't really understand the nuances of what's going on. He could absolutely be aware of what's going on. He sings in his song, Miner is on an island somewhere. But he's absolutely right. The Uniparty is a problem. And you get these warmongers on stage saying, like, we should be going and fighting Putin. And then he says in, in his song, you got money for foreign wars, but you can't feed the poor. I got to break it down for you, my friend. Whether you like it or not, the media is described that as right wing. So you can say it's not about politics. And you can say that you don't want people to be divided by politics. But my dude, 
What do you think we're all trying to do when they scream at our face, calling us fascists and far right and right wing extremists? We're trying to protect the working class. We're trying to help the poor. We want to provide them with boots by which they can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. I do not live in a world where I just say to a poor person, pull yourself up by your bootstraps because homie doesn't even have any boots. He can't pull himself up by his toenails. So my view is more middle of the road. Hey, man, how do we get this guy a pair of boots and then teach him how to lift himself up by them? It's a combination of the two. Hard work and responsibility must exist in this in this world. Since 2016, Vox has tracked that Democrats replaced Republicans as the preferred party of the very wealthy. There were always very wealthy people who liked Democrats. But since Donald Trump, many of these neocons, uniparty shills joined the Democrats and are never Trumpers. They like the Democratic Party. The Republican Party is still very much the uniparty, but there are elements within it that are doing a decent job. Not that they're perfect. All that really matters is this. When you come out and say, I wish that the politicians cared about miners, as in coal miners, you need to understand that back in 2016, there was a campaign by the corporate press to get miners to lose and quit their jobs. Hashtag learn to code. They were telling them, how about you quit your job working in Appalachia and go learn to code a computer? You can't teach a 50 year old guy to, or I'm sorry, you can teach a lot of people a lot of things, but you can't tell some dude who's middle aged and he's 10 years from retirement to stop doing what he is a master of and what his family has done for generations and just pick up a computer. So what happened? Regular working people defending the poor started tweeting learn to code. And what did they do in response? They called it far right. They called it a harassment campaign. And they started banning anyone who opposed their narrative garbage. So when you write a song and you say protect minors and not minor, be concerned about minors and minors on an island somewhere, you're basically saying you don't like the corporate establishment elites and their Epstein Island trash, and you want the working class to be protected. My friend, welcome to the outlying MAGA party, I guess, whether you like it or not. Trump is not a perfect avatar of the anger of the right wing populists in this country. And many of those assigned the name right wing aren't even conservative. But this is where we are now. If you say defend the working class and Epstein sucks, they call you conservative. And that's who you are. Now you can reject it, deny it all you want, and that's fine. I don't believe it is a correct assessment. They say, Tim Pool, the right wing. What does that even mean, right wing? I guess if you're talking about tribalism, fine. I certainly wouldn't call myself left in reference to Marxists and or socialists and communists. But my politics on the political spectrum are center left libertarian. That's why I said provide the boots so they can lift themselves up by their bootstraps. Traditional social, what is it called? Um, it's not social, uh, it's, a, uh, it's, it's not classical liberalism, it's social, social, uh, classical uh, liberalism. And then there's social liberalism, I think it's called. And it's been a while since I talked about it, where it's like, hey, do, hey, we, like, we do need some um, accords amongst men, agreements, where we can be like, I think we should help the poor. I think that there that it is reasonable to say that we are only strong as our weakest link. And that means if we have massive, tremendous wealth, we should try and do what we can to control for breakdowns in society. And that means a certain degree of government where we agree to allocate resources. So sometimes when someone loses their job, we offer them unemployment benefits, welfare. I, I like the argument. You don't call them entitlements. They're they're earned uh, benefits because we pay taxes into them. Not literally, but technically. Modern monetary theory is a bit different, but you get my point. 
We're paying into a system that we should we should benefit from. I'm not an anarchist. I'm not far, far right. I believe in a progressive tax system for a variety of reasons. I don't like the way the tax system is implemented. But for all of these reasons, being pro-choice and even agreeing with unlimited immigration through a legal process, of course, where we can track the individuals properly, they're middle of the road, centrist at the bare minimum, and often, often leaning slightly left. But they would still say, I'm right wing. So my dude, welcome to the fray. You can resist it all you want, but you are going to be labeled by the corporate press a conservative and right wing because the people who own these companies are the ones who went to that island you so perfectly criticized. You think the guy who owns the media organization who was on the plane with Epstein is going to appreciate you calling him out? No, he'll try to demonize you. And that's where we are. Now, look, 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 let me slow down. You know, Oliver Anthony maybe completely understands this. And the strategy he may be approaching is just keep it focused on economics. And maybe you can convince some normies in the middle of the road to listen to what he has to say. That may be it. So he comes out and says, I'm not a left. It's not right. It's just a song about the working class. Because he wants to make sure he does not get forced away from preaching to regular working class people who otherwise need to hear this message. Or he could be a normie who doesn't quite know exactly what's going on. And is like, why is everybody calling me conservative? Well, because you're a Christian man who complained about Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Welcome to being called right wing by the press. You know, in the long run, there are some leftists who have cheered for what he said in his song. And I hope that message gets to them. But in the meantime, understand all of this nuance about the culture war. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. So uh, they're cheating in the 2024 election. Yeah. I can say it a million times. I know everybody talks about 2020, and uh, I was talking about this back in uh, 2020 before the election, but everyone talks about the election and voter fraud and fake ballots and all that, and it's like, bro, they're cheating in so many different ways. But let me explain what I mean by cheating. A real election is when two candidates stand up on stage and they go, well, howdy, my name's candidate. And the other guy goes, my name's candidate, and here are our ideas. Now, which idea do you think is the best? No, don't get me wrong. There are also devious tactics and underhandedness involved in politics, and there always have been. Attack ads that take quotes out of context, falsely uh, attacking the opponent's uh, ideas by misrepresenting them. Yeah, 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 all that. But it's one thing when someone says, you know, we need to figure out a way to pay for Medicare. We need to get health care to the people. And then the opponent says, the plan from John would raise taxes and you'd pay more. It's like, yeah, man, it's the truth. But you're framing it not in a holistic kind of way, but isolating a bad thing, saying the bad thing is the only thing that matters, when you could really say, in an honest way, look, he wants to get more money for healthcare programs for a lot of people, and that will require us to uh, pay more in taxes as citizens. So it's a question of whether or not you want to pay more taxes in exchange for these benefits. You can be honest about it or play politics. This is different. Trump's federal election subversion trial to begin one day before Super Tuesday primary. They're cheating. One day before Super Tuesday, one of the most important primary days, they want to make sure that Donald Trump cannot be on the campaign trail beforehand. He needs to be on stage at a rally on Super Tuesday, on Super Tuesday. One day before Super Tuesday. So Trump will be unable to rally on that day. On that morning when he does his rally, when he's giving his news conferences, when he's speaking and doing a round of press, people are going to the polls. 
Uh, some people are filling them out uh, via mail. But a large portion will be going to the polls. And Trump needs to go and advocate so that he can blast out that media on that day. They are cheating. Yeah. And it's primary day, which is which is particularly interesting because it means they're cheating to stop him from winning the primary. Because they want some other Republican to win instead. The federal criminal trial of Donald Trump on charges he sought to uh, oh, to subvert the result of the 2020 election will begin March 4th, the day before Super Tuesday. U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin made her ruling after a contentious hearing Monday in Washington. Special Counsel Jack Smith had proposed a January 2024 start date, and Trump sought to begin the trial two years later, in April 2026. Smith's team told, told Chutkin in a filing earlier this month that the trial should begin on January 2nd, 2024. They said their presentation of evidence in the trial would take no longer than four to six weeks, meaning that Trump may need to spend his weekdays in court before a jury in the crucial first two months of a presidential election year as primary uh, voting begins for Republicans. Attorneys for the former president forcefully pushed back shortly after, urging the judge to reject Smith's proposal and saying the prosecutor sought an unusually rapid trial schedule. The government's objective is clear to deny President Trump and his counsel a fair ability to prepare for trial, they wrote in their filing. Among other things, Trump's team argued that Smith's proposed timeline would conflict with the other criminal and civil cases in which the former president is a defendant, including the classified documents case brought by Smith, the hush money case in New York, and the Georgia election case. In the Georgia case, Fulton County is seeking October 23rd, 2023. You kidding? Two months. It's insane. And apparently it will go forward with at least one with Kenneth Chaseborough. Smith said in the filing to Chitkin last year that Trump was overplaying concerns about scheduling conflicts. These people are abjectly evil. That's it. Look, look, drop all pretense. They know what they are doing. They are cheating to try and steal political power in this country. And the only thing keeping things calm enough, fortunately, is that we know They're only doing it because they're losing and because Donald Trump can and even probably, according to CNN, win. They need to get him off the ballot, obstruct him and block him in every way imaginable because they are losing and they are psychotic, deranged, evil people. I say demonic. I mean that figuratively. Oh, I love this. There was a hit piece written about me. They were like, Tim Pool says that the the, the tropical storm hitting L.A. was God's wrath. I was like, I literally said it wasn't, but sure. I said, uh, I'm more agnostic than that. So I would just say sometimes rain happens. But you know that George Floyd mural got struck by lightning. And I'm like, well, my point there is not that it was God's wrath. I said the opposite. It's that it's like, I get what they're saying when they believe it. I don't know, but many people probably do. Anyway, I digress. This is where we are. We are, we are outside of elections at this point. In fact, when Roseanne said, that there wouldn't be an election, she may already have been proven correct. They're setting Trump's trial date for the most crucial time in a presidential election. How can you say there was a fair election when they've done this? When they've done this, they are ripping the system apart gleefully. You know what, man? You are allowed to hate Donald Trump with a passion, with every fiber of of your being. And you know what? So be it. Please do with my blessing. It's not about that. I would love for you to go around screaming orange man bad. You're allowed to. Welcome to America. This guy, 
however, has decided to cheat and manipulate the powers of law enforcement and the fabric of this nation to rip it to pieces because he's a psychotic, sociopathic, demonic individual. Because this guy says, I'm morally just, or that he believes he deserves power over you because you're too stupid to live your life. And so for all that hatred he feels, he thinks he is justified in mercilessly savaging the fabric of this country for his own personal gain, along with the judge. These people are demonic. Again, I mean that figuratively. They are not the banality of evil. They are abject evil. That's what evil is. The subversion of law and order, chaos, lust for power, sinful, prideful, evil people. Words do not express the anger and disdain I have for these people. It's just so patently obvious what they're doing. They have decided that the game we are playing, the rules by which we run this country, are to be shattered to a million people and cast about to the wind. To a million pieces, sorry. And cast about to the wind. That's it. They are spitting in the face of each and every one of the American voters, saying you're too stupid to know what's good for you. We're smarter than you. We're better than you. And at the very least, when you decide Donald Trump is your president and you might actually elect him a second time, we will do everything to stop you from exercising your democratic right. I hope Donald Trump becomes president. I hope these people are criminally charged. I hope they spend the rest of their lives behind bars after a proper criminal trial where they are proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt for election subversion. It's the game they decided to play. Live by the sword, as the saying goes. And if slash when Donald Trump wins, I hope they live by those very same rules. We'll see. I honestly just don't know how this will play out, but I can tell you this. Even Newsweek running the story. Democrat voters think Donald Trump arrest is election interference. Really? Now, that one's interesting. A majority of voters, Democrats who backed Biden, think the investigations and criminal indictments against Trump constitute an interference in the 2024 presidential election, according to a new poll conducted exclusively for Newsweek. Even Democrats get it. I'm sick of it. These people are evil, and I hope they lose everything. I have no problem with people hating Donald Trump. I respect people with legitimate grievances against Trump and their concerns and them calling it out, be it at DeSantis supporters or Democrats. I cringe at TDS complaints. People who are like, but Donald Trump is bad because he's racist. Shut up. Give me an actual grievance. Explain a circumstance you don't like. You're mad that he brought the Taliban to Camp David. That's an argument I can respect. I don't completely agree. I think diplomacy matters. You, you want to complain about missile strikes and drone strikes? By all means, please, please do so. Commando raids in Yemen resulting in the death of uh, innocent civilians and an eight-year-old American girl, allegedly. By all means, call it all out and tell me for that reason you won't vote for him. And I'll say, well, there's nothing doing, right? Maybe you'll vote for somebody else. I know a lot of people who vote for Biden they explained why they do. And I say, well, you've articulated a few reasons. I think you're wrong. And that's all I can really say. But this, this is pathetic. This is them saying the only way we can defeat the man that the American people want is to cheat. Fine. I hope Donald Trump still wins. I hope he overcomes this. And I hope in his blinding rage and passion for revenge, he file, he instructs his attorney general and the DOJ 
to begin immediate criminal proceedings against those involved in Russiagate, in Ukraine gate, and now in this election gate, whatever you want to call it. Man, what really pissed me off is that they remanded Harrison Floyd. Black voices for Trump guy. The video is just infuriating. Calm, peaceful. Ma'am, I, I voluntarily surrendered here today. Don't care. Lock him up. Because they're cheating. Because they're evil. We're going to win. We is not conservatives. We is not Republicans. We is not Donald Trump supporters. We is the people who believe in free and fair elections. We will win. The most important message out of all of this, I know I'm pissed off. We've got to make sure we go by the book. We got to make sure that we've got the ballot harvesting operations, the ballot chasing operations, good legal representation, because it's going to get wild. And we have to make sure that everyone is 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 to remain peaceful. What I mean is we must be the stewards of peace. We should stop anyone who tries advocating left, right, center, up, down. I'm saying anyone who wants to escalate things to violence. You know why? That's the only way that people lose violence. And there are so many people on the left. They love it. They revel in it. They want more. They engage in it. And even people on the right saying it's the only way. When do we? No, Mm -mm. that's what they want. That's what they're trying to make it happen. You ever ask yourself why it is that Antifa goes and smashes and starts fires and burns things down? They want you to react because it's the only way they can try and get legitimacy. The only way they can destroy the Constitution is if you give them what they ask for. But so long as the average person still believes the system is intact, we win this election. We stop them. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. This past week, I saw that The Big Short was trending on Netflix. The Big Short, of course, is a film about the 2008 financial crisis. It's an amazing movie. It needs a bigger punch when they break down the banks were collapsing, the, the lenders were collapsing. But for the most part, the movie is absolutely fantastic with an all-star cast, including Christian Bale, Brad Pitt, Stephen Carell, and uh, who else is in it? I don't know. There's a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ryan Gosling's in it. Yeah, he's in Barbie, too. Awesome movie. The movie talks about Michael Burry, uh, as well as a few other investors, who took the unprecedented move of trying to short the U.S. housing market. Everyone thought they were crazy. Are you nuts? Everybody pays their mortgage. If you're right, the economy collapses. How long ago was this? Maybe like 17 years ago. Maybe it was 17, 16 years ago. I, I knew someone who told me that they had uh, their family had given them a trust or that, they, you know, whatever it was. I don't know. They had a bunch of money invested in their name by their parents. And I said, wouldn't you rather have the money to do stuff with? I mean, I get it. It's, you know, it's tens of thousands of dollars. But what if the what if the market collapses? And what I was told was, ha ha ha. If this stock goes down, the country implodes. So what do I care? And I thought that was really interesting. The mentality of this was, man, and this was like, this must have been, this might have been before. No, I think it was after the financial crisis. But it was interesting to me that the idea was, what do I care? If the investment goes up, I make money. And if it goes down, everyone's suffering anyway. So whatever. And that's basically the gist of what was going on. Nobody believed the market would crash because they were like, that means that millions of people would be homeless and it would be it never happened before in history. And sure enough, it did. Let's get to the news. 
Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary warns that soaring interest rates will bring mayhem to the economy before Christmas. Really? The investor said that America is headed towards a rebalance because of high inflation and interest rates. The Fed's interest rate is currently 5.5%, but could rise further as Chair Jay Powell tries to cool inflation. A high interest rate pushes up the cost of debt, which threatens business and households with mortgages. That's right. We could be heading towards the same thing. Which brings me to the big story from the past couple of weeks. Michael Burry of famed The Big Short movie fame, he made a big bet. In that movie, they t- and it's a movie, it's a dramatization. They even point out some points in the movie, it's really funny. Like the, there's two characters who find a prospectus, like a pamphlet explaining a plan for shorting the housing market. And they're like, whoa, look at this. Then the one guy looks up, actually, this didn't happen. We heard about it from a friend of a friend. So this is a fabrication. But anyway, it's a, it's a great movie. In the movie, Michael Burry says, you and I want to sh- short the housing market. His investors are like, you're nuts. Stop. Don't do it. And then he says, uh, you can't even short the housing market. How would you do it? He goes, I'm going to get a bank to create the proposal, and then I'm going to buy it from them. It's actually really simple. I'm not a financial guy, but the general idea is with, uh, with put options, with shorting a stock, again, not an expert. My general understanding is uh, you've got three parties. One guy owns a stock. One guy wants to buy a stock. And then there's you. What you do is let me borrow the stock from you, person A. You then sell it to person B at its current value of $50. You get all that money, but you owe person A that stock. Now, if the stock goes down, you can buy it back, but keep the profit and then give the stock back to the person you bought it from. It's an interesting way to bet against a stock. With the credit default swaps, it was basically just, hey, I'm going to pay you every month for insurance. And if the stock, the, the bond collapses, then I get paid out. That's basically the, the general idea. Well, Michael Burry is now making a $1.6 billion bet against the U.S. stock market. And they're mocking him and they're laughing at him, even while all the data points are coming out. So I find fascinating in the movie, The Big Short, there is a part of the film where all these guys who bought these credit default swaps are watching defaults escalate, skyrocket, mortgages are collapsing. And they're like, certainly these bonds must become worthless. They go to the banks and the banks are like, no, everything's fine. We're going to keep valuing your bond very high. And they're like, how? You're, it was fraud. Apparently what the banks were doing, they knew the bonds were collapsing. The subprime mortgage uh, loans were worthless and people were abandoning properties. So instead of publicly announcing, they secretly started offloading these securities to other banks to minimize their exposure, knowing the collapse was coming. Evil. And then it happened. In the meantime, Michael Burry and others who bought these swaps were facing losses. They were paying premiums despite them knowing what was going on. Finbold writes, here's how much Michael Burry is down on his $1.6 billion bet against the stock market. Now, this is different with put options. You know, it's more so when you have to uh, when, when they come due or get called or whatever. Again, not an expert on this stuff, but you can hold on to these options for a long time and not realize any losses or gains. So here's what they say. 15 years after his famed bet against the mortgage market led to a substantial gains, legendary investor Michael Burry has once again set his sights on a major financial maneuver. This time he has taken a big short position against the stock market. 
by purchasing an impressive 40,000 put options against uh, put option contracts tied to the SPDR S&P 500 ETF trust and Invesco QQQ trust. The disclosed data from earlier this month showcased a combined nominal value of $1.6 billion for these contracts. However, it seems that for now, Burry's short position is at a heavy loss. Notably, a widely followed stock trader known as the Gergavin on Twitter revealed on August 27th that Burry is down 42% on his short bet, assuming that the investor is still holding the positions. It is important to note that while the combined uh, no, uh, notional value of the two positions was a whopping $1.6 billion, Burry spent only a minor portion of that figure to build his new big short. According to Gergavin's estimates, the fund manager likely only spent around $26.5 million to build his short position. In particular, he invested $18 million on 20,000 SPY put options and about $8.5 million on 20,000 QQQ puts. There's a possibility that Burry built the two positions as hedges aimed at softening the blow to his investment firm, Scion Asset Management, if the stock market declines and its long positions lose value. On the other hand, the puts could also indicate that Burry is feeling bearish about the two flagship index funds, which are significantly impacted by large cap stocks such as Tesla and Nvidia. Meanwhile, it should be emphasized that it remains unclear whether Burry is still holding the two contracts, given that there has been no update on his holding data since June 30th. Perhaps he sold them. Or perhaps doesn't matter. Next year, anybody paying attention to the political turmoil might suspect that for political reasons, stocks will collapse. General market downturn. I wonder. I can only say this. If Michael Burry is correct, Donald Trump likely wins in a landslide. And by landslide, let me clarify for all you wingnuts. I mean, that figuratively, I don't know what landslide actually means. I'll say Donald Trump wins decisively. If the economy takes a major hit, Trump comes out and the incumbent loses. If, the, if he's right about this market bet, then we're going to see Trump 2024 win. The economy takes a hit in an election year, and that is apocalyptic for the, car, uh, for the party currently in power. Donald Trump comes out and then says, remember 2019, we had excellent gas prices, very low, some say the best. $1.40 for gas. Now, you can blame the global lockdowns for that, to be completely honest. But gas was still around two something on average. And then Biden took over. And now it's around $4. I don't know about where it's where it's at by you, but it's around $4 by me. And we're in a more rural area. Typically, gas is a little bit cheaper here. That's already bad enough because gas prices track alongside political elections. I got to say, there are fears about all of this because even Kevin O'Leary is saying there's going to be a rebalancing this year. So perhaps Michael Burry is correct. And he can realize massive gains before Christmas. And what does that mean for all of you? I have no idea. I'm not a financial guy. I couldn't tell you what to do. I don't even know what I should do. Everyone's got some idea or some plan. But I'd be willing to bet the guy who made, what did he make, like $500 million dollars? That's the number they gave in the movie, 489 million. I got, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. He made, uh, he made like 1.3 something billion, I think. The uh, value was around 1.45 billion. He, he, he bet 1.3 billion and then he, he, he came out with 2.69 billion or something like that. So maybe he's right. And if he is, maybe talk to a financial advisor about what you should be doing right now. And I have to be worried about what this means for the global economy because if the crash does happen, 
at a time when the BRICS nations are poised to launch their own currency and are trying to compete with the petrodollar, that's going to be their time to strike. It's bad news for America, my friends, but I don't know. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.